Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Adam Patterson. Today we're joined by Dr. Christy Armstrong of the Veterans Affairs Office of Connected Care, or the OCC. Dr. Armstrong combines an extensive research background in neuroscience and psychology with a history of public service dedicated to military behavioral health. In her role at the Office of Connected Care, she has played a vital role in helping expand the availability of telehealth services during the COVID-19 pandemic in order to provide support during what has proven a difficult and isolating time for many Americans. Her recent work has focused on helping increase access to mental telehealth, with a special emphasis on providing training to VA caregivers and resources for America's veterans. Christy, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Adam. It's great to have you on. So the first question I want to ask is a bit about yourself and your background, and that is what prior experience and research interests led you to your current role at the Office of Connected Care? Thank you for asking that. You know, it's really interesting how people's kind of career journeys go. You can never predict that this is, you know, the great work that, you know, the great job that I could have now, I could have never envisioned when I started. And so when I started this process, I was in graduate school for my PhD in clinical psychology, specializing in neuropsychology. So what was really cool about that experience in the neuropsychology research lab at UNLV was that they were very tech-centric. And so as a part of that experience, I got to be become very familiar with, you know, eye-tracking software. I even got to create several neuropsychological assessments that were computer-based. So I just became very tech-centric at that point, just because I was very interested. And then as, you know, I went, went along in my career with, you know, the internships and postdoctoral fellowships, things like that, you know, a lot of my patients had, you know, traumatic brain injuries or on the autism spectrum, you know, different cognitive deficits. And I realized that it was often when I, uh, you know, could leverage technology, I could provide better support to them. And so that really got me excited. And so really the next step was when I started working for the Department of Defense in 2010, I worked with the Defense Health Agency, which is the, you know, medical kind of headquarters of the Department of Defense. And so I worked with this amazing group, Connected Health Group, and we were creating, you know, and they still continue to create. We were the forerunners of creating all the mobile apps, you know, doing a lot of work with virtual reality, telehealth, augmented reality, AI, just any kind of tech you could imagine, big data. And so then I realized the true potential of, you know, leveraging technologies to support patients. So that's when it really started to shift. But then I was with the Department of Defense about 10 years and about four or five years into developing all these amazing technologies that we knew were going to help patients and the patients really liked them. We realized the clinicians, the providers were not on board. That was a barrier. And so we realized, mm -hmm. you know, we thought if you build it, they will come. But and the patients did. <laughs> but the staff didn't. And so that's when we launched a huge effort to create a connected health education and training program. And I was named the lead and we got to create for about six years. I led that effort at the Department of Defense. And so when I came over to the Office of Connected Care and VA Central Office, I really, you know, am essentially doing a lot of the same thing, the things that I did in the Department of Defense. So that's how the journey progressed. But yeah, it's been incredibly fun the entire way. 
That's really impressive. And I can imagine was also really conducive to starting your role at VA because my understanding is there's growing collaboration both in terms of the mission and knowledge sharing between DHA and VHA at this point. Exactly. And you know, even from the beginning, when we started building mobile apps in 2010 in the Department of Defense, we did it right alongside the VA. So for example, PTSD Coach was the first app launched by the VA. We in the Department of Defense, we would we created the Android version and then VA put out the iOS version. At that point, it was hard to get the funding for one of us to do both. And so we really partnered early on to be able to do that. And yeah, it's been a great partnership and it continues to this day. I mean, it only makes sense to not recreate wheels to, you know, share resources across. And we do have a really good relationship, you know, now as the VA, you know, with our partners in Department of Defense and, you know, vice versa. Yeah, I'd imagine it's really helped accelerate the process a lot. And speaking in terms of things that have been uh, accelerating uh, IT modernization efforts at VA, how have the demands of the COVID-19 pandemic shaped the OCC's priorities and approach to telehealth? It's interesting because it really hasn't changed our mission, really. Our mission has been to, you know, create and disseminate you know, health technologies to increase access to care, increase quality of care for veterans. And that mission has not changed. It was only with the pandemic that everybody else realized, oh, we need this, not just for now, but we really were missing out on, you know, providing access to everybody in the best way possible. So it didn't change our mission, but it did accelerate uh, in a lot of ways the amount of work that we're involved in. So I'd say, you know, March, April, when we first, you know, the pandemic was just kicking off and we were beginning, we're all beginning to realize as a world, the long-term impact this is going to have. All of our work, I'd like to say doubled, but I think it tripled the amount of work just each individual had. I mean, we just took it as an opportunity to, you know, really meet that critical need that everybody had when it came to staff being able to, you know, provide uh, care to their patients when it comes to veterans um, having access to the information and the care they needed. We just said, you know what, this is critical time. Let's just put all hands on deck. And so that's exactly what we did. And I am so proud of all the work that we've, we've all done and all that we've been able to accomplish. Yeah, it sounds like an impressive amount of work accomplished very quickly especially a lot of allocation of both IT resources and human resources to really ensuring the bandwidth is available, which brings me to the next question, which is about how much has the usage of remote counseling and mental telehealth services increased among veterans over the past year or so? You know, it's interesting because it's increased all across the board, but the mental health, providing telemental health, that has increased quite a bit. One interesting caveat to that is the mental health providers in the VA were actually leading the pack really before the pandemic when it came to providing care. So that was wonderful. And so, for example, you know, September 2019, there was 60, about 62% of mental health providers in the VA had provided some kind of telemental health care, usually via VA Video Connect, which is the kind of ideal platform. September 2020, um, it had increased to 95%. 95% of mental health providers in the VA had provided at least one episode of care via telehealth. So they were already leading the pack 
compared to all other providers, really, really super impressive. But everybody, nearly everybody has now gotten on board, which is really exciting because I know that mental health needs of the veterans and everybody around the world, you know, as a result of all of the you know, struggles and challenges everybody's having. I mean, it's going to be the next decade that, I mean, we're going to be seeing the mental health effects. So it's critical that, you know, all mental health providers get on board with delivering mental health treatment this way. Absolutely. It's such a vital service at such an important time. And you'd mentioned a bit earlier that oftentimes one of the great challenges in terms of expanding the availability of telehealth and mental telehealth has not been the IT resources, but oftentimes kind of education and training and how to use them, which makes me wonder what uh, programs or what has the OCC done to increase the awareness of telehealth availability and to encourage its adoption? Yeah. So Office of Connected Care, under Office of Connected Care, there's all of VA telehealth, all of VA mobile web services, and then also My Healthy Vet. And so all of these Big giant programs have really extensive education and training offerings. Probably the most well-developed, the most mature education and training program is through telehealth. So all trainings are available, and we've recently launched a Blackboard Connected Care Academy so that all providers can really easily access all necessary trainings that they need if they're an oncologist or radiologist or you know, a social worker or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, all of the trainings that they need in terms of telehealth are all there in this really well-designed learning management system. So that's something new that's come out during the pandemic so that we can better meet the training needs of providers. That's been a big success and we're trying hard to continue to develop it. Eventually, we'll have My Healthy Vet, all the My Healthy Vet training offerings as a part of this big Connected Care Academy. But that is also available. Think with mobile and web. So telehealth has been around a long time. And so competencies, training competencies for telehealth have been established for quite a long time. Mobile, though, mobile, really, it's only uh, first mobile apps came out in 2010. And so for a long time, even though we were doing a lot of trainings in Department of Defense and VA on you know, the use of you know, best practices of the use of mobile apps and clinical care. It really wasn't until just about four or five months ago that the mobile health competencies were actually published. And so now what we're doing is I'm taking all those published competencies and a big effort for this year is translating all of that into standard curricula for all VA providers on the use of best practices for integrating mobile apps into clinical care. So that's a new initiative, doesn't exist anywhere else. And yeah, so I'm part of leading that effort. Yeah, and I can only imagine just how useful those knowledge hubs really have proven for kind of expanding the availability of telehealth and helping providers learn how to best utilize these new but not too new capacities. Which brings me to, to my last question here, because it sounds like there's already been a significant investment in both resources and training that will prove useful, not just now in this particularly challenging moment, but even beyond the pandemic which makes you wonder what uh, new adaptations and services will likely remain as permanent features of VA telehealth, even beyond the resolution of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. So one of the biggest things is people just need more staff, right? Facilities, VA facilities in you know, March, April, May, all of the folks that were really on board with you know, telehealth training, My Healthy Vet training, things like that, that are at the facilities, 
they were suddenly absolutely overwhelmed by the amount of people that needed to be trained. And so they met that need as best they could. But really, when it comes down to it, you know, they just need more people there that are also trained and ready to, you know, have that kind of hands-on support that providers and veterans really need. And so one of the biggest initiatives that Office of Connected Care is currently involved in is there's a huge amount of money, really $18 million that has now been allocated for hiring staff at all the facilities that are can serve as like connected care coordinators. They may be called something different at different facilities. That's essentially what they are. People that can take all these types of technologies and, you know, help coordinate and so that they can, you know, deliver the best training to meet the needs of providers, healthcare staff, as well as veterans. So that's one big initiative that I think is um, I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be really successful. A couple other ones are, you know, remote patient monitoring. We realize, you know, a lot of just getting devices out to patients. So whether it's a blood pressure cuff or a heart rate monitor, or even if it's just a Fitbit or an Apple Watch that we can, you know, track their sleep and their heart rate and things like that in that way, that we have, you know, um, devoted a lot of effort and time and money into making sure that, you know, veterans have those resources and then they don't have to come into the facility. We can track these things um, remotely. Why not? And then also making sure, devoting a lot of lot of effort and money into making sure that all veterans have access to the hardware, you know, the tablets that they need to be able to access all these things and also providing access to free Wi-Fi as well. So we know that it's a lot to ask to have people say, you know, you might need a smartphone, you might need a tablet. And so we want to take that burden off of veterans and be able to provide that support to them to make it as easy as possible. Yeah, it really sounds like usability and kind of helping expand the available resources and care for veterans has been one of the really big positive outcomes of what's otherwise, again, been a very challenging period. But it sounds like it's going to lead to a considerable like advancement in outcomes and quality of life for a lot of folks who might not have previously had access to that. Exactly. Yeah, we, we're trying to take out all the red tape, right? We all know government systems are filled with red tape. But you know, we realized, you know, when the pandemic happened, we realized, you know, let's just get rid of all of this unnecessary red tape and just meet the need where it's at. And so that's really what's driven us so far. And and so we've been, I've been thrilled to see that. So a lot of the restrictions that were previously on, you know, being able to provide care remotely, things like that, they have all just been uh, loosened in a lot of ways. And so, and we know that, you know, veterans are now able to access the care they need. And now providers are starting to feel a lot more comfortable. It was really them that was often it's providers that are the kind of barrier there. But yeah, so I think we're doing a much better job. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like it's already born a lot of really positive outcomes. So Christy, I just want to thank you again for coming on the program. This is wonderful. And it was wonderful to hear about all the great work you've done at OCC. Oh, thank you for having me, Adam. Absolutely. HealthCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentciomedia.com slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. HealthCast is produced by Amy Kluber, hosted by Melissa Harris, Adam Patterson, and Faith Bryan, 
If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com. 